<laughs> what you gonna do with your little buzz now? How you gonna act now? Your little ripple is turning into a very small wave. How you gonna act? Look at the big head. You gonna what you gonna do with it? You gonna continue doing the work that you did before, or you gonna think that you're something? You gonna think that you don't gotta work as hard no more? Oh, uh, you're not really doing anything. You just talking into your phone. You don't really believe the shit that you say. You don't do any research or nothing like that. Your podcast is boring. You're not interesting. You don't, nothing ever happens to you. All of the shit you say don't happen. That's not true. Why would I listen to you when I got so many other podcasts to listen to? So many other people that actually have people of meaning. No celebrities. Tell better stories. Plays music. You go right the fuck ahead and do that. You don't have to tell me why you don't want to listen. Just like I said in the previous episode, I know who I'm here for. I know exactly who I'm here for. I'm even here for the people that don't want to hear me. I'm even here for the people that will tell me to my face why are you doing a podcast you're not interesting really but you're standing there talking to me I'm standing there giving you advice on your marriage on your relationships about your children about your wife about your husband boyfriend, girlfriend, job whatever but I can't do it because you feel that you want to keep it to yourself or you feel that I'm going to expose you. I'm not exposing anybody. It's not what I do. I don't put anybody out there at all. Good morning, man. I don't put anybody out there. So, that was just a message to the people that, you know, don't really believe in and what I'm doing, I could cut less if you do. I could cut less if you believe it. I could cut less if you listen. I tell people all the time, they say, oh man, I forgot to listen and I'll, or I start doing this and start doing that. I'm like, okay, that's no problem. I, you know, you don't have to listen to my podcast. You don't have to listen to me. When we standing here talking, having conversations, this is enough for me. I got a friend, you know, I don't have people in my life just for the sake of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. No. I don't have to have a I don't have to have my phone out with people because now people are starting to look at me like, oh shit, you recording. Nope. I just want the relationship. I just want the relationship. But um I already knew what this was gonna come to. I already knew what was going to happen, but I'm still trying to make my impact. I'm still trying to be as genuine as possible. And I got people in my life right now that believe in me. It's like I said, whether it's one, two, ten, twenty, you got people that believe in you. What you going to do with that power? What you going to do? You got a voice. People listen to you. You sort of got an image to uphold. 
Like people look forward to seeing that new episode. When I first heard that, I was like, yeah, right. Nobody listen to me. Then I started looking at it. I'm like, oh shit, they do. What I'm gonna do now? Sort of feeling like I got eyes on me right now with nobody outside. <laughs> but hey. I'm gonna jump right into this episode. Season three, episode eight. I'm still feeling this one. I'm still feeling the last episode I'm in because it was sort of incomplete with me. I just feel that 40 minutes is pretty much enough. I don't want to take too much time up. But I remember with those hour or hour 30 minute long episodes, that's when I really wasn't getting the response that I wanted. So I stopped with the hour-long episodes. Hit you with a half an hour, 35, 40 minutes, 50 minutes even. And my numbers started to increase. But I was missing so much. I got so many drafts sitting just just gone because I couldn't put it up. Too much discussion on one topic. Too, too, many, too many ways I hit a topic, so I just figured, oh, well talk about it enough may as well just end it but making an impact just like the last episode making an impact I felt that one myself rather be felt than fucked I felt that myself I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with this it's not gonna be a part two because I'm gonna jump into more topics too rather be felt than fucked I want something to last. I know I said this in the last episode, but I want it to last. You want it to last. You don't want anything microwave. This is a too quick society that we live in. I don't want nothing quick. I want it to last. I want it to mean something. I want my time with you, my relationship with you to mean something. I want it to matter. You know, so many times I have conversations with, with, single, with my single friends. With my single friends and they asked me about dating. And I said, I said, how do you how did you get to the point to where it was one woman? Because I don't think I could do that. I'm like, because you didn't take you didn't take the time. You lead with the physical and you don't hear her when she speaks. You only see her when she moves. Because you're focusing on the wrong thing. And I tell females that same thing. You only see him when he moves. You don't hear him when he speaks because you're focusing on the wrong thing. You only see that credit card get swiped. And you only see that receipt. And you only see the things he gives you. He doesn't hear the thing. You don't hear what he says. You don't feel the impact. You're not getting off because of this of the feeling of being with this man or this woman intimately you're getting off because of what he has or what she has or what she can do for you what he can do for you you're not taking the time with anything you're in it for a bag or you're in it for an xbox and you sort of hit You sort of hit chords with that. You hit the wrong chords with people when you say you're not in it for the right things. 
that's how I'm able to look at the same woman after 21 years. Yes, we've had our rocky moments. We've had our earthquakes. That's how I'm able to still look at the same woman for 21 years and she's still able to look at the same man. Because it was for the duration of I want you to be in my life forever. I'm not going to last forever. You're not going to last forever. Certain parts of us won't even last forever. But you being in my life will last. Marriage could end right now. She could call me right now. I want a divorce. I could call her right now. I want a divorce. I'm still going to go home to this woman. She's still going to come home to me. We're still going to cook each other dinner. We're still going to laugh at YouTube videos. Okay, just because that part ended, a new part can begin. I know so many people, so many people who are in marriages that hate, that hate their husband, hate their wives, hate their life because they don't know how to get anything else out of them because they hurt. Hell, I hurt too, but I realized that I had to shift. I had to look at myself and see what I wasn't doing for me. I had to pause because I wanted you to hear that. I had to see what I wasn't doing for me. Just to see what I wasn't doing for us. And once I started focusing on myself, oh my gosh. I told y'all what happened. My whole life changed once I gave a little bit of a damn about me. My whole shit shifted. People started, my, my, my podcast grew because I started focusing on myself and not trying to give everything away to other people. I actually started really looking at me and like, okay, I need to fix this. I need to work on that. I need to do more of this. I need to read more. I need to study more. I need to shut the fuck up more. And things started happening things started opening up hell my, my body even started to change I even look different now and in turn everything else every, every other blessing in my life started to be more of a blessing because I paid more attention to it because I shut the hell up I stopped talking so much and started to listen. I started being more of a friend than just trying to be in the lead all of the time. Because I actually started doing more for myself, spending more time with friends. That has opened me up so much. That has opened me up so much and that could open up a relationship so much if you just wasn't around a motherfucker all of the time. Just to put it in. You know, if you just wasn't around a person all of the time, if your partner didn't know your every move, you actually had a little bit of trust there, you'd be all right. You'd be okay to go have a conversation with a man and go have a conversation with a woman and not have your partner at home sweating bullets because they know you out there cheating or they know you out there doing something you ain't got no business doing. You know, that has opened me up so much more because I, I trust now. I trust myself first, and I trust my wife. So many people don't trust their partners. They spend so much time worrying about what they think or 
they got a time limit to be with you. Shit like that. Well, it ain't even like that. It's not even like that. Not, not every person is out for sex. Not every person is out to do you harm. Quite, quite honestly, quite honestly, you relate more to the opposite sex. You can find out more from the opposite sex. Find out more about yourself. You can even find out more about your relationship if you just have a conversation with a man or a woman every now and again. True, things can happen. Yeah, feelings can feelings can evolve from that, yes. But that's because you're going at it with the wrong intentions. Because you can't do anything with two people that that, that are hurt. Two people that are hurt are gonna are gonna fall. It's gonna happen. They're going to make their mistakes. It's it's going to happen. But you can also learn from that as well and have an even better relationship with that person. Because you realize what you were there for. Like I have so many many conversations about people cheating and so many and, and just doing every wrong thing in a relationship. When you have to look at it, it's just not the physical that you're after. Hell yeah, I know a lot of dogs. I know a lot of female dogs and male dogs. It's because they don't need to be in relationships. Certain people don't need to be parents. Certain people don't need to be in relationships. And the certain people don't need to be parents. It's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast. I can sit there and talk about that one for hours. Because so many people go into, go into parenting with a lot of the wrong intentions as well trapping I'm gonna keep her I'm gonna keep him whole arrangement thing is weird but that like I said it's for another podcast I'm gonna actually have to have a couple of people on there with me and I know exactly who I need but they gotta be willing to say some shit to me on this podcast we only talk about it in public I mean in private so that's what stops me from getting a lot of my guests for certain topics. But anyway, you gotta, you gotta have trust in a relationship and not necessarily trust in the other person. You gotta trust yourself as well. Um, what's next? Can I? What's next? I got a lot of things I can say. I got a lot of. A lot of ways I can go with this one right here. Because people are actually telling me, they're like, okay, we want to hear more. I had a good friend of mine tell me yesterday, I want to hear more. You know, I had a pretty good couple that I know, or that I'm beginning to know. They tell me, all right, once you jump from that subject, don't end it. Don't end it. Give me more. Want to hear more? So I'm, I'm trying to honestly. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm honestly trying to to give, and it's kind of hard for me to even say give my my listeners. Or they're like, we're fans. We're fans. Our parents listen to you. I'm like, whoa, shit. I don't want nobody's mama listening to me. Nobody's daddy listening to me. But. Then I realized, damn, I'm I'm that person. I'm not I'm not young no more. I may think it, 
I may think like a young person or still feel that I am, but I'm not young no more. I'm actually looked at, all right, looked, I'm, I'm, I'm looked at to lead. I'm looked at to motivate. And, that, and that, that hit me like a little bit ago. They're like, oh, shit, people are paying attention to me. I'm just not out of control no more. I haven't been out of control in years. Matter of fact, I pretty much never was really out of control. Even when I made my mistakes, I knew that I, I knew what I was doing. So it wasn't like I, you know. But anyways, as everyone knows by now, and I spoke on this a couple of episodes ago, but I really didn't dig into it and really give all of all of my thoughts. You know, Mike Tyson is fighting Roy Jones. They now pushed it back to November 28th. They said they want to make more revenue for the fight. They want to build a bigger bus. You can't build a bigger bus. Everybody was waiting on September 12th. September 12th needed to happen. And it, it, it needed to be a moment. My thoughts on why they postponed it? I got a couple of thoughts. One, Roy Jones was not ready. Yeah, Roy Jones pretty much stayed around boxing longer than Mike Tyson did after retirement. Roy Jones stayed around boxing true enough. True enough. He still had his gym. He was still training. But he just didn't look like he was ready to step into even a one-round fight with Mike Tyson. I guess they really had to set him down and let him know, like, this is actually a fight. Yes, it's an exhibition because neither one of you all are boxing anymore. This is an actual fight. You can't, you're not just going to jump in there and pity pat around with Mike Tyson. This isn't just, hey, let's get around there and throw some punches. I dodge a few punches or whatever. No, no. I think they really have to let Roy Jones know who they were stepping in the ring with. They're stepping in the ring with someone with something to unleash and in recent interviews with Mike Tyson I'm really starting to see what that was he still has that monster inside of him but he also knows that monster inside of him destroys not just the opponent in the ring it destroys the other opponent in the ring as well himself it takes him away from being the dedicated father and husband and businessman that he is now because he's now Iron Mike Tyson is now getting that attention. Iron Mike Tyson is getting this admiration. The baddest man on the planet is back with gloves on in a ring throwing those dangerous ass combinations, those dangerous ass hooks. That look is back. That ferocity is back. Oh shit. We done let Mike Tyson loose again. I think that's what pulled this fight back. Do I think it'll still happen? I really don't know anymore because of what Mike Tyson knows. Mike Tyson knows that if he lets that man out, is one fight going to be enough? Is one destructive moment going to be enough? He's going to have to sell this fight. So he knows he's going to have to do more to sell it, say more. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and disrespect Roy Jones. But what if Roy Jones says one wrong thing about Mike Tyson? That's going to set him off. He's going to go crazy. That ego is going to grow. And that fire that Customato fed those years ago, 
that roaring blaze the custom auto fed those years ago oh my god he's gonna light even more up he's gonna light even more up because he doesn't have anything else to hit he doesn't have a robin Givens. he doesn't have a don king he doesn't have all of these people trying to take from him anymore all he has is roy jones to, to annihilate and that's not a good thing yeah, that's not a good thing at all. I mean, you got to think about the places that he told you he came from. You know, and I pretty much, I I came up during during his zenith, you know. I was there for it all. I seen everything. And it's like, my heroes were like me. You know, my heroes were of the people, you know, nobody... I mean, even though, you know, people like Muhammad Ali, you know, people like Mike Tyson, people like, you know, Michael Jordan, people like that, my heroes, you know, Allen Iverson even, you know, they were people that, that were of the people, you know, not so much Mike, you know, Mike still had his, still had ways about him, but the people that you knew that still remembered who they were and where they came from. I mean, you know, everybody has their demons. Everybody has their dark moments, but you know, somebody like somebody like Tyson and and Iverson and Ali, you know, they they got something that they they got and had something inside of them that was just that was different to me. To me, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to say one was better than the other in life because you know, I can't judge. I mean, but even though people say the things that they say about Ali, everyone still has those that hate them. And I honestly believe Muhammad Ali was one of the most beautiful people, like, ever. <laughs> but to certain people, he isn't. Maybe to people in his family, he wasn't. Maybe to women, he knew. Maybe to men that he knew business associates but maybe to certain people he wasn't a beautiful person some people believe he was a downright racist you know some people believe you know Allen Iverson was a criminal some people some people believe that you know Mike Tyson was just a degenerate thug low life scum <clears throat> I mean I've been called a lot of those things you know and I don't and I never looked at people who were from the other side, you know, even though coming up, my, my favorite basketball player was Larry Bird because he was the best. You know, at that time when I finally realized, you know, I could actually comprehend what I was looking at. You know, Larry Bird was the, the best. He was winning, you know, him and Magic Johnson, they were winning, you know. And everybody in my neighborhood, in my family, they was like, what's, what's this Larry Bird? Why are you liking Larry Bird? You don't know who Michael Jordan is and stuff like that. I'm like, no, nah, I didn't. You know, until I saw, you know, the people in my area, in my neighborhood, people I was growing up with was like gravitating towards him. You know, because they felt that he represented. You know, but, but Michael Jordan did a complete switch. A complete switch. And I'm not going to say he turned his back upon the people that put him there. But so many people say he kind of did. You know, now he's really starting to realize that, that you know, we built him. You know, people from the inner cities and stuff like that built him. 
because wasn't nobody wearing Nikes, wasn't nobody wearing Jordans. They were wearing, you know, other shoes, Reeboks, Reeboks, Converse's, and stuff like that. But not to go off subject about Mike Tyson, but it's just those people were who I who I admire, those are my heroes. You know, people, people like that. Ali, Tyson, Tupac, Iverson, you know, those were my, those were my heroes. Those were the ones I related to, most likely. You know, I didn't come up with Malcolm X. I didn't come up with Martin. I didn't come up with Bob Marley, John F. Kennedy, and, and people like that. John Lennon, I didn't, I didn't come up with those people. You know, you know, so I, you know, getting back to Mike Tyson, it was just the, who he modeled himself after. You know, Jack Johnson and even way before Jack Johnson, the uh, um, militant-minded people like Napoleon and and even Genghis Khan and Attila the Hun, people like that. You know, that's where he says, you know, he got that fighting spirit from. You know, so many people say different things about about myself that I don't really. It was kind of hard for me to figure out where I fit in it. You know, and that's why I you know, liken myself to those people who were a little misunderstood because I didn't know where I was supposed to be in life. I didn't know where I was supposed to be. I didn't know who I was supposed to be. And I know I'm not the only one that struggled that struggled with that. And. Much of the case is still now. I still sort of struggle with it. Even though I have people in my life telling me, like, look, your, your light, your beacon, you know, that sort of admiration scares me. It does. And it still does to this day. It still does to this day. You know, even as I walk to work, people still come up to me and say, you know, why are you so positive all of the time? Every time I see you, you're happy or you're speaking. And that's just the way I want the way I want to reflect upon the world. It hasn't always been this way. It hasn't always been like this. This has just been me for the last 20 plus years. You know, because before I, I, I didn't really want to be here. You know, I tried, I, I attempted suicide multiple times and I didn't have purpose. I really didn't have purpose or began that I thought that I could be someone, not 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 successful, because too many people put success in a dollar amount upon their worth. You you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. I know plenty of people who have a couple of hundred dollars to their name, and they have better character and, te- and integrity and dignity than most millionaires and celebrities you know. Or everybody you know with money isn't necessarily the best person. Everyone you know that seem to be well off isn't necessarily the best person. You know, I have friends and family that I really don't mess with. I, I can't call them friends anymore. I really can't call them family anymore either because I just, I don't mess with them. I don't deal with them on any level because of the people that they are. You know, like I said, I relate more to the people that struggle with things, that go to work every day. And not to say that those people don't go to work every day, but it's just... It's a difference in their character. You know, and that's... I really didn't start to think that I that I mattered until... Probably until my little brother was born. 
and the way that me and my little brother came up together. And um, he isn't really, he isn't really the type to sit and to sit and talk on the podcast and display how he feels and stuff like that. You know, he's he's a lot more quieter than I am. But um, I didn't I honestly didn't begin to matter until he was born and until you know I really you know even even though I do have younger siblings as well. You know, you hear me talk about Chelsea a lot, a lot. I love Chelsea to life. And love her family as well. And I've only had a few personal encounters with Chelsea. You know me and her have a great relationship. You know, we really haven't spent spent that much time around each other. But I, I honestly think that doesn't matter. But, you know, I have another little sister as well whom I just don't, I don't, you know, I, I treat her like I treat the people that I just don't mess with. I just don't mess with and um, I have a little sister as well that I haven't, and I spoke on this on the podcast as well, you know, I didn't really think that I would be able to open up about it as much, but I haven't, seen, let's say I'm 37 now, so I haven't seen Jessica in over 30 years, and um, I believe the last time I saw her, I was six, you know, she has cerebral palsy, and you know, things happen between my mother and her father, and you know, I don't really speak on that. Good morning, y'all. Not much. And I don't really, you know, me and my mother really don't have, really don't have conversations about that. We never do. But I think the last time we talked about it was when I named my daughter Jessica. And I named my daughter after my little sister. Not because she passed away, but just because all I remember from my little sister is her laughter. That's it. You know, even though she has that that condition, you know, I, I was still able to make her laugh. And I know I'm jumping completely off subject. That's what I do. At least I know I do it. <laughs> but all I, I, I remember her laughter. And that still sticks with me to this day. It's not a day that goes by that I don't miss my little sister. Not a day, not one day. It goes by that I don't miss my little sister. I mean, I even found her once. I found her once, I want to say 13 years ago. 13, maybe 14 years ago. I believe I found her then. And I didn't, um, I actually spoke to her father and you know, he, he was very happy to hear from me, but when it came time to actually going to see her, I didn't because I was scared. I was scared because I knew what I was gonna feel and the rush of emotion that was gonna come over me and being around her and she would not know who I am. Even though he remembered me, I sort of got the idea of why. You know, you were such a young child. Why does it still have an impact on you? I was asked that question by a by a, a, a friend of mine because I actually confided in him and he was like why does it matter to you? And he was like I don't mean to be ignorant or anything like that but why does this matter? And it was a it was a question that I sort of struggled with I was kind of mad for a second I didn't take it too personally because I was like you know what he's, he's right in his way 
you know, because I didn't have anything to do with their relationship. And her condition really took her away from really knowing who I was. I mean, she was, I don't even believe she was one, if she was one, because of everything that happened so fast, you know, so. But once she was taken away from me, you know, five, four or five years later, my little brother being born and he was being, you know, he was born with as a severe asthmatic. And, you know, and I spent a lot of time with him, spent a lot of time up at night and, you know, making sure he got on his machine, making sure he took his inhaler, making sure he was. You know, all his pillows and stuff were clean and clothes were clean and everything like that. You know, that was, it wasn't hard. No, because I didn't mind doing it. I didn't mind doing anything for my little brother. Still to this day. And, but it was then that I knew that, okay, what I'm going through, the struggles with the bullies or the struggles with school or moving back and forth or just wanting to help my mother so much that I, I couldn't really I couldn't do anything because I was too young to get a job you know stuff like that and I wanted to help out so bad but things just things just I, I just wasn't old enough honestly to really help you know the only reason only way that I could figure was to help was to make sure that he was okay to make sure that he kept a smile on his face and he kept the smile on his face And I knew that, and I knew that I was a part of that. So my my little brother being born pretty much, pretty much saved my life. Pretty much saved my life. And not too too many people really want to, I don't know how to word, I don't know how to word this, but not too many people really want to look at, look at someone else as being the reason why they didn't go that route. Everybody, everybody wants to basically take all the praise themselves. It was me. It was me. It was me. It was me. But I, I, I can't do that with the things, with the things that I, that I hold in my life, things that I cherish in my life. I can't say that it was all me, because in, in actuality, it wasn't all me. I had to have help. I had to have people and things that I believed in and I did I had to have people and things that I believed in I had to have things that were important to me in order for myself to really feel like I mattered so I I didn't just wake up and was by myself and did everything on my own I know people like that yeah but it wasn't my case I had to have help you know, my little brother helped me. My mother helped me. My wife helped me. And in turn, with everything that we went through, molded me as well. And then the children are a bonus, a blessing. Including the friends that I have in my life now, they're a blessing. They do not know how much I admire. People in my life don't know how much I admire them. Even though people tell me you this, you that, I ain't, I ain't shit without them. Including the people on social media, you know, I ain't shit without y'all. 
I ain't shit without the small little interactions we have. They're not small to me, but they may be small to you. They're not small to me. Believe me, I cherish everything. I cherish everything. Every interaction I have with everybody I meet, I hold so close to me. Like everybody I talk to, it's like time stops for the seconds or minutes we speak because I hold it that dear. Because I know how important it is. I know how important words are. I know how important moments are. I know how important experiences are. And I'm not trying to say I'm perfect at all. But I really try my hardest to be a good person. Try my absolute hardest to be a good person. No, that doesn't mean I try my hardest to please everybody because I say fuck you real fast. So let's cut that one. But I do try my hardest to be a good, solid person. Like being real, that's so 100% what I want to do when I wake up and when I go to when I go to sleep. Be real. Stay real. Stay authentic. I don't want anybody to say, well, damn, you told me this, this, that. And now I'm looking at you and seeing you in a different light. Hey, I don't want anybody to look at me and see me in a different light at all. And I'm not trying. I go, I'm not saying I go out for praise or I have to walk around like I'm floating on a fucking cloud because I don't. I'm human just like you. But the, the difference is between myself and a lot of people is I realize that I'm human. Things affect me. I, I'm, I'm affected by a lot of things. I'm affected by them three men over there standing there with no clothes on, changing shirts. You see a lot of things in my area. <laughs> or just, if you just open your eyes and look, you see a lot of things. You know, three young drug addicts over there who don't want to be seen in the same clothes every day change each other's clothes. Switch shirts, switch pants, and I'm don't want to say they switch underwear but hey you never know but anyway i care about people i care about situations i care about everything and if everybody looking at the way that the world is if everybody just gave a fuck about who they encountered this world would be a much better place if you just just cared enough to Sometimes not show who you are Sometimes not open up about the things that you believe in Sometimes just shut the fuck up Speak and keep moving Or shutting the fuck up and speaking is two different things But you know what I mean Not everybody needs to know how you feel If you don't like a person If you don't like an area or a situation You can shut your ass up You can go anywhere in the world And be whoever you want to be That doesn't mean everybody has to know about it Is what I'm basically saying like I said a few episodes ago, you can hate the planet. That does not mean you have to go out there and display that hatred. Does not mean you can do that. So anyway, does that get me in trouble? Yes. Does that hurt me? Yes. Am I vulnerable? Hell yeah, I'm human. 
But have I changed? No. I can't. I cannot stop being this way. I can't stop being who I am. And I can't stop just just trying to be somewhat of a good person. Can't stop it. Can't stop just trying to be positive. Trying to find something and have something to hold on to every day. And the main thing I hold on to every day is to make it back home. So that's why I'm the way that I am. That's why I'm the way that I am because you never know if you're having a bad day and you take that bad day out on somebody, whether it is a, or you, you, you're standing in a gas station and you cut them in line or you, 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 you pull into a pump that they were trying to pull into, you cut somebody off. Or you buy the last thing at the grocery store or something like that. You never know what to set a motherfucker off these days. People are fucking nuts. So am I scared? No, I'm not scared. I just know that, okay, I'm going to handle myself this way. And walk into every situation, every step that I take, I'm prepared for anything. That's basically what that means. Every step that I take, I'm prepared for anything. Anything. So many people in life, they plan shit, and if shit doesn't go that way, their whole day is destroyed. I know I've said that before, but it's true. I don't plan anything anymore. I don't plan anything anymore. I used to track my workouts, write down what I ate, track my weight, and everything like that. And I got tired of that. I got tired of treating my body and myself as a damn homework assignment, science experiment. It was when I just started being and started living that I honestly saw progress inside and out. I began to see progress inside and out. When I honestly, and it doesn't work for everybody, everybody is different, but it works for me to basically just live, basically, live life. As basic as possible. Take risk? Yeah, because I don't have any plan for anything. So everything's a risk. Everything is a risk. Everybody I encounter, everybody I talk to, every situation I'm into, every story that I tell you people. I don't avoid anything. So many people in my life, they avoid shit, or so many people in life avoid shit. I don't avoid anything. Because I know I'm prepared for any situation And I guess that's why Things around me don't really Erupt Yeah they erupt yes Hell yeah there are earthquakes around me But Am I equipped to handle a lot of things Yes I am I'm equipped mentally I'm I'm equipped physically Most importantly I'm equipped mentally So many people don't really realize That you have to Apply certain teachings within yourself and actually live them. So many people read books like that, watch videos, and follow people, but don't live the shit that they say. I'm not saying you got to go out there and follow this person to a T, but apply it to your own life. Like I said a while ago, I stopped listening to so many motivational speakers and reading so many books. I started motivating myself. I started being my own motivational speaker. I don't need anybody else's words. I don't need anybody else's template to live by. I'm my own canvas and 
A lot of the times the paintings are beautiful, but a lot of the times it's fucked up. But it's still my work. Still my work. Still, what I want to present, how I want to present myself, how I want to be seen, I want to be seen as simply human. So many people put on put on a mask before they go outside. Not just a mask that we have to wear now. So many people, they've been wearing masks. And it's, and it's kind of bad when you actually get to know a person that you thought was something that, that isn't what they portrayed to be or perceived to be. You know, that's kind of messed up. But hey, you got to make those mistakes in life. You know, how are you going <clears> to... <throat> How are you going to have good people in your life if you don't weed out the bad ones? You know, you got to get got to get the assholes away from you, but you don't know if they are. You know, you got to put them in certain situations or do or do certain things or basically just be yourself. And you got to set trap for rats these days. Well, you always had to set trap for rats, but you know, nowadays you got to set trap for for everybody that you encounter, really. I mean, do I? No, I don't. But do I know people that just, that are really like that, that don't really show who they are, you know, until they really, really, really sort of know a person or have had a couple of encounters with them or whatever? It's not necessarily a good thing, but hey, we all have to be cautious. Y'all have to be cautious. I mean, am I? Not as much anymore. I mean, like I said, like I said before, that's a good and a bad thing, but it's not, I'm, I'm not as cautious as I was before. Because if I was as cautious as I was before, you know, I would have, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be as open. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be as open anymore. wouldn't be as open anymore. It was when I decided that I'm going to be me. I'm going to be me whenever and however I can. And pretty much just live with the consequences. And so many times I walk around with my head down. <clears throat> walk around with a hoodie on. Walk around with a mean scowl on my face and I just deterred so many people and I was happy with that I was happy nobody knew that I was this or that but what wasn't I getting I wasn't getting any love I wasn't getting any I, I wasn't getting anything working to make me feel like I was a better person make me put a smile on my face it was when I decided to actually change within myself and show who I was, that's when I started to see benefits. You know, so many people are still hiding. So many people are still under those masks or under that hood. They just don't need to be. They don't need to be. You know, I try to get a lot of people that I encounter to 
be themselves and not feel that oh nobody understands me and I can't talk to anyone or this and that. And I always tell them, I always tell them you're talking to me. Simple. And I was like, well, you're different. And I'm like, I'm no different from anyone else. I can talk to you. I can open up to you. I can tell you things. True. True. That is true. But show more of who you are to the world. And you never know what you can get back. Sort of blocking your own blessings, so to speak. You know, show more of who you are to the world. You know, I got tired. <laughs> I got tired of talking to myself yesterday. And I um started talking to my, my wife and my kids. Not that I don't, but... You know, they're getting ready to send the, send the kids back to school. And, well, one of my daughters, one of my children is going back to school for like a day or two a week. She's not worried, but the other kids are like, well, you know, their school isn't, isn't sending them to school. They're doing everything 100% virtually. But my oldest daughter's school is having everyone break up into groups and like they're going to be separated and... You know, their, their school is big enough, big and small enough to where they can do that. Now, the reason why I say big and small enough, it's big enough, like, space room-wise is small enough student-wise, so they can't do that. And I'm proud of them for stepping up and showing that they can take care of this situation by you testing and making sure that everything is up to protocol and everyone... And everyone is is held to you know held to a certain standard with with the, with the testing and making sure everything's safe and clean and, and clean and stuff like that. She's looking forward to it. I'm proud of my children for speaking up and being more of who they are instead of just being kids. Like I told them, I'm like you, all five of you guys have me inside of you 100%. Pretty much none of your mother. And, you know, Bill will attest to that. She'll agree to that. Sometimes that's a good and a bad thing because I can't be an asshole. And so can my children. <laughs> but um, it's just in not, not taking no. Always finding a way. Always seeking knowledge. Always asking questions. Why this? Why that? You know, it's, it's a good thing to see what, to, to see them actually take initiative and want to know and want to grow. So many children don't. So many parents don't. Like I told them, you got two parents who are here and want to make an impact in your life. You know, and I know and I know plenty of parents like that. I know plenty of men who are upstanding and involved in their children's everyday lives and are good husbands and good men. You know, I know, I know plenty of good men like that. It's all of the time that we don't get. We don't get the recognition that we deserve in society over certain things and you know, that's just, that has to change. 
That has to change. Has to. Also, what has to change is just the way the society looks at certain certain groups of people. I mean, you can pray for change all you want to, but if you're not willing to stand up for who you are and what you believe in, you're just following right along. You're just following right along. Um, they're now starting to they're now starting to look at Black Lives Matter movement they're liking it to, to terrorism and you know they're, they're looking at it as a hate group social terrorism hate groups, <clears throat> hate crimes. <laughs> it's not that, but it's the what they're gonna it's the way they're gonna paint it, it's the way they're gonna show it. You know, so many cases of people being raided, you know, for no apparent reason other than their affiliation. You have politicians being threatened and because of their affiliation. Businesses being burned because of their affiliation, people being killed. It's not, it's not what this is for, but if you're not willing to stand, then they right. Everyone that's, that, that's against it, everyone that has a problem with it, everyone that doesn't see the real reason, you're right. You're right. But to every person that's still standing, and it's still for everyone. We need to keep fighting. And I know a lot of this podcast is personal, but I can't stand by anymore and just <laughs> and just act like it doesn't it doesn't affect this podcast because those people who know me personally know my stats. But I after going through a few episodes, I don't speak on it nearly as enough as I should. I did before, but not anymore. That's because I know people who have a louder voice than me. Can I add to it? Yeah. But I know people who have a louder voice, a bigger audience. No more facts. We can't stop fighting. Can't stop. You know, just like Steven Jackson says, I have love for all who has, who have love for all. I do. I always have, though. 
always have. Always have had love for everyone who loves everyone. Does that give me ridicule? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I mean, am I am I targeted? No. I'm not targeted. At least not yet, anyway. But. It's hard sometimes, y'all. It really is. Though you can hear it in my voice. No, this really isn't. This really... This really isn't a podcast anymore. I mean, some some aspects of it are, but... A lot of it is a cry for help. A lot of it is a cry for help. We must realize that. We are still at war just because you don't see it. We're still at war. Be honest with you, it never stopped. It never stopped. I mean, they say Black Lives Matter is the biggest civil rights movement in history, and I believe it is. I've gotten into arguments with older black people who seem to differ, who seem to still want to hold on to the teachings of Malcolm and teachings of Martin and I'm not saying don't do that but when I don't quote them when I don't when I don't know the dates or know what they said this and that I'm looked at as being hey a lot of them call me Uncle Tom because I want love for everyone and everyone included I get called Uncle Tom a lot but I mean, does it bother me? Not, not really. It don't bother me. I mean, we're really pissed. <laughs> we're really pissed this man off a couple of like a couple of months ago. But he, he wound up seeing why I said it and understanding my reasons. You know, he was like, I was at I was at the Million Man March and this and that. And, I know how powerful it was and all of that. Good morning, man. He was like, I know how powerful that was. And that was such a magnificent moment. <clears throat> and I looked at him and I said, that was a photo op. And he looked at me. And I was like, that was nothing but a photo opportunity. I mean, what did it? What did it change? It didn't change anything. It didn't change nothing. And I'm like, what's going on right now? There's real change happening. Real change. I mean, it's starting small with that certain um, city that I spoke of a couple of podcasts ago that are actually starting to give back. Give back to certain businesses in certain areas. I mean, certain politicians are being voted in that share our same sentiment and, and are a part of our fight. And 
There's still a lot of work to do. No, there's still a lot of work to do. And that's the that's the sad part. Not a lot of people see it as we still have work to do. A lot of people look at it like that. A lot of people still got things to say and hey, people of color too. Got into an argument with the with that. I don't really know his descent yesterday, but he's an Indian, you know, not not tribe, but you know, he's he's from Pakistan. He's from Pakistan and he was and um he just got on this notion that we that he's not included. He doesn't feel protected. He doesn't he doesn't feel that things are for him. I mean, I understood what he was saying, but it was just, it's just like you're not paying attention to the whole. It's like nobody is paying attention to the whole. You just want to cut off their little section of it. And, and just want us to only understand their point of view, but these, this day and age, this year, we have to see everything. We have to see everything. We have to have those uncomfortable conversations. We have to get in some good trouble, as the great John Lewis said and wants us to continue to do. Make some noise. Still going to be a part of this. I'm still going to fight. I'm still going to... I'm still going to do what I can. My Never Walk Alone app will, it's still, it's, it's being developed. I mean, I have hit a couple of snags, of course. <laughs> but I got all the way up. I got all the way up until the, the actual producing of the app. And that got, it got so confusing for me. It really did. That's that's that's, that's not easy. <laughs> that's not easy. So props to everybody that really knows how to do that shit. But but um, like I said, it's uh, it's still being developed. I mean, I may have to bring somebody on that actually knows what they're doing instead of myself just paying somebody or telling somebody my ideas, and hoping it comes out the way that I want it to, and it it didn't. Partly because I really didn't understand the app and I really couldn't get clearance to go as far as I wanted to go. Not not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I'm gonna say not yet because I still have I still got some ground to cover with it. But everything's gonna work out, I promise. Everything's gonna work out for us all. Just gotta stick with it, keep fighting. Keep fighting. Patience is a podcast. Season three, episode eight.